Amen. We're thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight. We're going to be going uh, to the word of the Lord. And I've asked for the dually to help me read tonight. Um, and I'm going to be talking about a subject. Uh, and my title tonight is Parallels Between Israel and the Church. Parallels Between Israel and the Church. And Israel, disclaimer, I'm not talking about my brother Israel. And I'm not talking about your friend Israel that you may know or your neighbor Israel. But I'm talking about Israel as the people of God uh, that we read about in the Old Testament, in the Bible, the people of Israel, the people of God. Um, the Sunday school song that we learned to sing as young children, uh, and hopefully no one wants to demonstrate tonight, but Father Abraham had many sons. And you remember going through all the fun movements, and that was probably one of my favorite songs growing up because I could be a terror in Sunday school and God bless it. And it was, it was okay to, to jump and do all the different things. Father Abraham had many sons. And that song holds uh, great truth and revelation for us today. Uh, if you really get it as a youngster, as a child in Sunday school. Um, and when we realize that the scriptures reveal a parallel between Israel and the church. Then we will have a valuable principle for understanding the word of God. Uh, and I'm going to go a little bit slower tonight and endeavor to teach the word of God. Um, so I hope that you can stay with me tonight. But God gave us about two thirds of the Bible. God gave about two thirds of the Bible to Israel, the people of Israel, namely the Old Testament. And unless some of those same promises apply to the church spiritually, the church would have very little of the Bible left to claim as its own. And the Bible, the whole Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is for the church. It's for the people of God. And the Old Testament is, is the story of God's redemptive plan in the, uh, the nation of Israel. And there is parallels. There are, uh, they are listed there for examples for the church uh, to know more about the Lord and how to live the, our lives pleasing to the Lord. And, and what God requires and what God expects of us. And the statement that I just made uh, that uh, about the, the Old Testament or the parallels between Israel and the church is found in the book of Galatians chapter 3 and verse number 29. And I want us to go there briefly. Galatians chapter 3 and 29. And if you don't have a Bible, amen, feel free to look along with somebody else. Or if there's, if you do need a Bible, just, just holler and we'll get you one. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. There's a direct connection that Galatians, the writer of Galatians, talks about with the church or those that are of Christ or born again. Uh, and the direct connection between those that are Christ and those that are of the seed of Abraham. Uh, you can read the Old Testament and hear about a man called Abraham. Abraham, the father of the faithful. Uh, God called Abraham out of Ur, the Chaldees. And, and God began to make of Abraham a great nation. God began to speak to, to Abraham of what he wanted to do through his seed and, and with his descendants. And the question, who belongs to who? Referring to Israel versus the church. When we talk about Israel, we're talking about 
Abraham's natural descendants of the flesh. When we're talking about the church, we're talking about born again Jews and Gentiles. Amen. Those that have been born again of the water and the spirit. Amen. And become of the seed of Abraham. Israel is God's elect according to race. An earthly people. But the church is God's elect according to grace. And it is an heavenly people. And there is, there is distinction. There is parallels and there is distinctions between Israel and the church. Amen. Israel is uh, Abraham's natural descendants uh, of the flesh. And the church is, uh, it is the spiritual descendants of Abraham. And we see uh, the distinction made between Abraham's seed, the natural versus the spiritual in the book of Galatians, in the book of Genesis chapter 22 and verse number 17. God bless you. Genesis chapter 22, the first book of the Bible and verse number 17. That in blessings I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven. As the stars of the heaven, the spiritual seed. And as the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. There is the promise given to Abraham as God speaks to Abraham and says that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven. And this is direct reference to the spiritual descendants of Abraham or the church as we are a part of tonight. And we are a part of the promise that Abraham received from God on this great day. And he also, God also makes a promise to Abraham that I'm going to bless, I'm going to multiply thy seed as the sand which is upon the seashore or that earthly seed. The sand is on the earth and that is the earthly seed. The stars are in the heavens and that is the heavenly seed. And when you are grafted into the church, when you're born again of the water and of the spirit, Amen. You become a part of that spiritual seed of Abraham. Amen. And I, th- I am thankful tonight that I am a part of the church. I am thankful tonight that I am a part of Abraham's seed. I am thankful tonight that I am a part of the promise that God made to Abraham. Amen. And I am a part of that great promise that God made to his people. And this is a little bit off topic, but this, the last part of that scripture that we just read. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And by the gates may be met all of the strength, whether troops, councils, or fortified cities of their enemies. And we read about in Matthew 16 and 18 that upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The councils... And powers of darkness shall not be able to prevail against or overthrow the true church of Christ. The church of the living God. And God makes that promise to Abraham that his seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And when you are in the church, you have that promise from God. That upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will tell you tonight that no matter what things, amen, you may come up against in your life, amen, when you're a part of the church, amen, you're a part of a victorious body of believers, amen, you're a part of an overcoming church.
church. And there's nothing that can stand in the way of a unified, apostolic, and Holy Ghost filled church of God. Amen. Nothing like it in all of the world being a part of the church. Nothing like it in all of the world. And that spiritual seed, amen, the stars of the heaven is what we are a part of tonight as we are filled with the Spirit of God and baptized in His name. Another promise that God makes to that great patriarch that we know as Abraham is found in the book of Genesis chapter 12. Verses 1 through 3. Just a few pages before Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. God speaks those words to Abraham. That in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And it is still the same today for the church. That through the church... Amen. All the families of the world would be blessed. Amen. And we know what the fulfillment of that promise that God made to Abraham was. And that is Jesus Christ. Amen. When Jesus Christ arrived onto the scene. Amen. Born of the Virgin Mary. Amen. He was the fulfillment of God's promise. The fulfillment of God's covenant with Abraham. And he is the seed through whom all nations are blessed. And when you get His Spirit within you and you live in a covenant relationship with Him, amen, you carry that promise to the world in which you live, amen, but His Spirit must be in you, amen. I'm going to tell somebody today, you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit or you cannot get into the kingdom of God, amen. You must be born of the water and of the Spirit or you cannot get into the kingdom of God, Amen. The words of Jesus are still true in 2017. Amen. That you must be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking the other tongues. And you must be baptized in a watery grave in the precious name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Amen. If you want to be born into the family of God, if you're listening tonight and you're saying that's great, amen, to hear about all the things that happened in Abraham's seed in Abraham's descendants. Amen. And you might be saying, I want to be a part of what God is doing in this world. I will tell you tonight that if you want to be a part of the divine plan of God, if you want to be a part of the promised generation, the promised people, you must be filled with the Holy Ghost, with speaking in tongues and baptized in His name. So you cannot get into the family of God, the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You must come in at the door. Amen. Jesus Christ said, I am the door. No man cometh through the Father but by me. And you've got to have His Spirit and His name on your life. If you want to go through that door and be a part of His people. And we are blessed to be a blessing. It's easy to forget that 
we're blessed to be a blessing. As you begin to be busy being blessed. And perhaps God elevates an individual or a family. And suddenly they're making a strong six-figure income. And they're blessed. And the hardships have seemed to go away. But never forget that if God blesses you, if God puts blessings on your life, it's not so you can sit back and get fat on the blessings and consume everything that the world makes and consume all of the entertainment. But it is so that through you, you could be a blessing to your world. Amen. When God blesses a person's life, amen, it seems like initially it's a test. And God gives, for instance, God gave me a job at KFC. And I felt like I was blessed. Because now I could go out and I could go shopping. And I could buy a pair of uh, brand name shoes. Not the kind that fall apart in two months after young boys wear them out. But I had to remember that if God blessed me, then I've got to be a giver. And I've got to be a blessing to the church and the kingdom of God. And as I continue to remember, blessed to be a blessing, God could put more blessings in my life. And God could entrust me with more than, than at the job at KFC. And then I could have another job and then God would bless me with more and I would give more. But I never forgot that God blessed me so I could be a blessing. And it's the same thing with the church. Amen. How many times do we come to church on a Wednesday night? Or a Sunday morning and we feel incredibly blessed. And God fills us with His Spirit and God speaks into our lives. And we cry and we weep and we feel God and we leave changed. And then we hold it and we keep it and we never let our light shine. And we never tell anybody about it. But God wants to bless you on a Wednesday night. And God wants to bless you on a Sunday morning. So that on Thursday... So that on Monday you could take that blessing to your world and they could see that there is a God in heaven that cares for his people and that wants to make his name great in the earth. And throughout the history of the people of God, throughout the history of that nation Israel, God would bless them and God would do great things in their lives. And as they were blessed, they would be a blessing to others. The purpose for which God chose Israel is similar to the purpose for which He chose the church. To be a witness of His power among an idolatrous world. To be a witness of the power of God among an idolatrous world. And all you have to do is simply look around. Read the newspaper. Turn on CNN, internet, whatever, and you can see an idolatrous world. All you have to do is look through the pages of the Bible to see that the children of Israel lived in an idolatrous world. And all around them, people served the gods of Baal. They served all the different little gods of this world. And there was a people that was called by His name. Amen. That the world would look to and they would fear them because they knew that the God that the people of Israel served was a real God. And He had all power. And they were fearful. They were fearful of the God of Israel. And that is the way, amen, God wants to make His name great in the earth that through the people of God, through the power of God working, 
the world would see there is really a God out there. And what I'm really doing over here, it's not legitimate. But there is a God. So maybe I don't have to commit suicide after all. So maybe I don't have to give up on life and give up on everything because there is a God. Because I've seen it when I look at the people of Israel. And the people around us, amen, can look at the lives, amen, of the Haws or, or the Dooleys and they can see there is a God. There is hope for my life. You may think nobody notices you, Brother Terrence, but when you go to school, people look. And they probably take a second look and they say, something different. Something different. Maybe there's hope after all. Maybe there is something out there. But the purpose for which God chose Israel is similar to the purpose for which he chose the church. To be a witness of his power. And to be the nation through whom the blessings of God would reach the entire world. To be the nation through, which, whom, through whom the blessings of God would reach the entire world. Not a part of my message, but there is a connection that America, the United States of America, for a long, long time has been known as a Christian nation, a God-fearing nation, in God we trust, and, and all these other different right. things, and America is a Christian nation. And you can study history and you can see how that as one nation under God, amen, was uh, doing their best to, to, to please God for the most part. And there was a there's a majority population in the United States that believes in God and, and, and goes to church and so on down the line. And all of these years, America has been a blessing to the world. America has been the nation that has sent out missionaries to Russia. To India, to Africa, to Germany, to the Philippines, and, and all the different countries of the world, America sent out missionaries and has sent out funds when other nations of the world have experienced natural disasters. America has been the giving nation. They've been blessed because of the church that you sit amongst tonight. And we've seen it displayed in our own nation. As America has been blessed, it's been a blessing. And even more so as a church is blessed. We should be a blessing to the world in which we live. Romans chapter 9 verses 6 through 8. If we could turn there. Another parallel that we see between Israel and the church is only those who came through Isaac and not Ishmael are considered children of promise. And when we talk about Isaac and Ishmael, Ishmael was the son that Abraham uh, begat as he went into Hagar, his maid. And that was uh, the concoction of his wife's imagination that Abraham, why don't you just get doing the flesh and, and go into Hagar, your handmaiden, and have a child with her. And that will be the promise that God has given to you. And that was a work of the flesh. Ishmael was a product of the flesh. And God did not even recognize Ishmael. Amen. But God recognized what? The second birth. God didn't recognize the first birth. God recognized the second birth. And if we could read Romans chapter 9, 6 through 8. Not as though the word of God has taken not effect. For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. 
neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. That which is born of the flesh is not of God. You've been born, every one of us, unless you're an alien, You've been born, every one of you, through your, your mother's womb. Born of the flesh. But in the Bible, in the history of Israel as a nation, God began to put His approval upon the second birth. It wasn't on the first birth. Amen. There, yes, there was the, uh, uh, the birthright that was given to the oldest, uh, the firstborn son. But there was a point in time in the history of the people of God that God began to bless the second birth. Amen. God began to bless Isaac and not Ishmael. God began to bless Jacob and not Esau. God began to bless the second birth and God began to honor, amen, that which is born the second time. And it's the same thing here tonight. Amen. Jesus himself set it up to the people in the New Testament. Marvel not that I say it to you. You must be born again. Marvel not that I say it to you. You must be born again. Amen. It's in the second birth. It's been. It's when you're born again of the water and spirit for the second time. That God's spirit begins to move in a person's life. Hallelujah. It's in the second birth, friend. Amen. It wasn't in Esau's birth, but it was in Jacob's birth that the blessings of God began to be poured out. It wasn't in Ishmael's birth, but it was in Isaac's birth. Amen. The second birth when you're born again, that the favor and the approval of God begin to be put on man. Hallelujah. How do I get the approval of God? How do I get into the family of God? You must be born again of the water and of the spirit. Born of the spiritual seed. The stars of the heaven. Born again. Hallelujah. You must be born again. Luke chapter 24 and verse 49. And as we're going there. Those in Israel came from Isaac. Who was of a miraculous birth. And by a miraculous birth, it was because his parents were in their 90s. His parents were in their 90s. They were great, great grandparents probably. And they're bearing children. That's a miraculous birth. And uh, those that are in the church enter into it by a miraculous new birth. It's a work of the Spirit. Amen. It's not something that you do in the flesh. It's not something that you come to an altar and somebody teaches you a prayer language and you speak in tongues because somebody taught it to you. That's the flesh. But it's when you get into the Holy Ghost and God begins to birth you into His kingdom and you speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives you the ability. Amen. That you're born again and you begin to get into the kingdom of God, into the family of God. Hallelujah. It's the promise of the Father. It's the promise of the Father. Luke chapter 24 and verse number 49. And behold, I will send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye are endowed with power from on high. The writer, St. Luke, 
records the words. I send the promise of my father upon you. The promise of God to the people. You just need to tarry and wait in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. What's the promise? The Holy Ghost. What happened when they were tearing in Jerusalem? The Bible says that they were all into the upper room in Jerusalem. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And the, and the Holy Ghost fell on all of them and they began to speak in other tongues. And the Spirit of God gave them the ability. Amen. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. That was the promise of the Father. The promise, amen, the fulfillment of the promise of God was in Jesus' spirit in the life of the believer. Amen. When the spirit came to this world, amen, in the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And then the Bible says that there were 3,000 that received the Holy Ghost that day. And they were birthed into the kingdom. They were birthed into the church. And they became a part of Abraham's spiritual seed. And I want to be a part of the promise that God has in my life. I want to be a part of that church. Amen. I want to be among that number, friends. Oh, let's clap our hands one more time unto the Lord and give Him praise. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. Glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah, God is so very good and He's revealing Himself to us tonight. He's revealing Himself to us tonight. Amen, the promise of the Father, amen, is the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham is the promise of the Father. Amen. The blessing of Abraham is the promise of the Father. Amen. You read the Old Testament and you hear about a promise that God gave to Abraham. Then you fast forward some thousands of years to an upper room. Amen. In the book of Acts. And God began to pour out of His Spirit. And they began to see the fulfillment of the promise of Abraham. Hallelujah. I want that promise in my life. If there's something on the table for me, I want to receive it tonight. If God's got a promise for my life, I want to receive it tonight. Hallelujah. You'd be a fool to let some things go, friend. But when God makes you a promise, when God speaks into your life, and He says, hey, it's all here. It's all on the table. It's waiting for you. It's a gift. It's a promise. All you've got to do is receive it. And receive His Holy Ghost power in your life. It's not something you have to be afraid of. It's not something that is. That would cause fear in your life. But it's the Prince of Peace. Making His way. To the corridors of your heart. Finding a place. And his spirit begins to reside in the individual. And as his spirit is on the inside, you begin to see the characteristics of that God on the outside. 
You take a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, perhaps first-time homeowners, they buy a fixer-upper. It's not long before you begin to see their tastes and their likes and their desires on the outside of the house and on the inside. You could go visit some people's house and you can see, hey, they like to garden. They must enjoy it outdoors. And you see other things. You see a clean kept house. You see, well, it must be an orderly family. And you see that characteristics, the nature of that person, that family on the outside. And then you walk on the inside and you see hold of the level of that person's personality. Some people walk in their homes and you feel the Holy Ghost and you feel the peace of God. And when God's Spirit moves into your life and makes residence in your heart and His Spirit fills your soul, you people look at your life and they come around you. They see one thing, Brother Dooley. Then they begin to talk to you. And they, they say, whoa, there's, there's a God in that man. There's, there's some Holy Ghost in Brother Paul. He, he looks a certain way, but when I talk to him, oh, the riches of life begin to pour out from his lips. The hope. And there's something to be said about when God takes residence in a person's life. Jesus. Romans chapter 2, Jesus. 28 through 29. Romans chapter 2, verses 28 through 29. And we're talking about, in this particular passage of Scripture, the circumcision of the heart. Circumcision is a, uh, to, is, is a process by which they remove the, the excess skin from a, from a man. Uh, and their private part. And it is a covenant sign. It is a cutting of the covenant uh, that God makes with His people. And in the New Testament, there is a cutting away of the works of the flesh. And if we could read Romans 2, 28-29. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is the Jew, which is one inwardly. And the circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Whose circ- and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit. In the spirit, amen. As that spirit of God begins to come into your life and begins to confront things, suddenly you begin to feel, well, that don't feel right no more. The Holy Ghost to me doesn't want me to do that no more. But suddenly the Holy Ghost begins to tell you, you need to do this. And God's cutting away the old man, the old habits, the old nature. And God's just severing relationships. And this circumcision of the heart is God's cutting away. And God's saying, I don't want you to do that no more. I want you to do this. But it happens when you begin to get the Holy Ghost. You begin to get understanding. You begin to get revelation. And God wants to put His Spirit in us today. God wants you and I to make certain that we are a part of the church. And there are parallels between the church and the people of Israel. And it's the will of God that we come into the covenant relationship. 
that God established with that brother Abraham. Those same parallels between Israel and the church. God wants the church to be filled with the Holy Ghost. To get His name in baptism. And to cut away at the works of the flesh. God, it's His will, amen, that daily there's a circumcision of the heart. And we're cutting away the old man. And if you go for days on end without prayer, you'll begin to feel that old man coming back. Until you find your place, you find a place on your knees in prayer, you'll begin to cut away again. And you begin to cut away the circumcision of the heart. And the Holy Ghost begins to convict you of this. And begins to convict you of that. And says you need to cut that away, sister. You need to cut that away, brother. You need to have the circumcision of your heart on a daily basis. But it's when you get in the Holy Ghost. It's when you get His Spirit, the promise of the Father. And God saying, circumcise your heart. Cut away at the old man. And allow that new nature to be grafted in. Allow that adoption of sons to take place in your life. That spiritual adoption. That spiritual adoption. Another parallel between Israel and the church. In the book of Romans chapter 11, 20 through 22. There are warnings. There are Parallels and warnings between Israel and the church. And God warned his people. God warned Israel. If they did not keep his commandments, he would be against them. And their enemies would defeat them. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spare not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and serenity of God on them which fell serenity, but towards thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. God tells us it's not a once saved, always saved thing around here. It's not a well. I was dedicated to the Lord as a baby. They pray prayers of me as a baby. I'm going to be all right. It's not even well. I got the Holy Ghost last year, last month. But God said, You need to stay right. You need to watch your heart. You need to continue in the faith. You need to fight against unbelief. Because if unbelief, will cause a breaking off. If unbelief will cause a breaking off. If high-mindedness, if pride will cause a breaking off. Amen. If God did not spare the natural branches, take heed lest He also not spare thee. Spare, spare not thee. Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God. The goodness and the severity of God. They say that some children who only know parents that let them do everything but never have a swift hand hit them on the backside from time to time will grow up to be monsters and do anything. 
and they won't fear authority. But the, and the God that we serve is a good God. And the Bible says, Behold therefore the goodness and the severity of God. God wants to bless His people. But if you want to do your own thing, God is a severe God. And He'll say, I didn't spare the natural branches that were filled with pride and fear and unbelief. And the writer of Romans cautions us to guard our hearts and to take heed and to continue in his goodness lest we be cut off. You don't just get into the seed, spiritual seed of Abraham once and for all. But you've got to make sure your heart stays right. You've got to make sure that you, you continue to live in faith and trust and humility. Yes. It's a scary thing when you begin to allow pride to enter into your heart. Yes. And your life is filled with doubt and unbelief. And maybe it's been a long time since you've seen a miracle. But don't you give up on believing in God, friend. Right. Amen. You just keep on believing that God has the power to change your circumstances. You just keep your heart right. You stay right before God. And you pursue Him with humility. And with faith. And walk in His goodness. And if we could stand to our feet tonight. Sister Shannon. I'd like for Brother Dooley to read one final scripture. In the book of Hebrews, chapter number 8. And I'm going to turn there with you as well. I have the scriptures already written down here in my notes. But bear with me as I turn there. Hebrews chapter 8 and verses 8 through 11. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law into their mind and write them in their heart. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Verse number 11. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, for the least to the greatest. From the least to the greatest. Read that last part again from Know the Lord. <clears throat> know the Lord. For all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Amen. The writer says that there's a day coming. The days come, saith the Lord, I'll make a new covenant with the house of Israel. I'll put my law in their mind and I'll write them in their hearts and they and I will be to them a God and they'll be to me a people. And that last line that Brother Dooley read, know the Lord. Know the Lord. Say that with me tonight. Know the Lord. Know the Lord. 
For all shall know me from the least to the greatest. There's no discrimination in the eyes of God. He's a God for all people. He's a God for the least. He's a God for the greatest. He's a God for the homeless man on the street that can't find his way out of a drug addiction. And he's a God for the President of the United States of America. He's a God for the Prime Minister of various countries, all the countries. He's a God for every nationality, for every tribe, every tongue. And it's the will of God that all know Him. From the least to the greatest. And it's the will of God that all come into covenant relationship with Him and be a part of the church. And have His Spirit in your life. And, and there be a cutting away of the flesh. If you have not yet received the Holy Ghost, and you want the Holy Ghost, if you want the Holy Ghost that I'm talking about tonight, with speaking in other tongues and having the Spirit of God in you. I want you to come to the front tonight. Sister Shannon, why don't you start the music? Amen. But I'm gonna I'm inviting somebody, whoever is out there tonight. Amen. If you want the Holy Ghost, if you say in your heart, I want to be a part of what God is doing. If, if you say in your heart, I, I want to be, I want to be in the church. I, I want to be a part of what God's doing, then why don't you come to the front tonight? Amen. There's already one up front. If there's any more, amen, I want to leave this altar open for a few more moments. Amen. If you want to be a part of what I'm talking about tonight, if you want the Holy Ghost, if you want to be baptized in Jesus' name and be a part of the family of God, I'm inviting you to come to the front. Amen. You've got to take that step of faith for yourself tonight. Amen. If you want to, I encourage you to step out in faith and come to this altar and lift up your hands. And why don't you just begin to close your eyes and lift up your hands to God and begin to worship Him and begin to praise Him. Hallelujah all across this house. Amen. Reach out to God. Come on, I need some sisters to come help me pray for Sister Catrice. Come on, Brother Paul, Brother Noah, help me pray. Help us pray. We're going to pray. Someone's going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. Oh, in the name of Jesus, come on. Just begin to close your eyes and lift up your hands to God. Come on, if you want the Holy Ghost, why don't you begin to lift up your hands to God? Lift up your face to Him. Lift up your eyes to God. And begin to worship Him. And begin to praise Him. Come on, with everything you've got, just begin to talk to the Lord, begin to praise Him.
Yeah, I want that. 